from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Oh, you made it. Welcome to the season seven premiere of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, special shout out to our amazing sponsor and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador. That's S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off of QuickBooks, maybe take that next step up and start automating your business processes. Please reach out to me, reach out to Sador.com, and let's get your business to the next level. Now let's get back to today's episode. We're going to chat about something passionate to me. You all know this. You see the guitar amps behind me. The guitars over there changing out every now and then. I've got so many. I love guitars. So passionate about music, concerts. In fact, I got Aerosmith's ticket for the Peace Out Tour first night in Philadelphia, September 2nd. I cannot wait. Still praying that Steven Tyler doesn't cancel the show, but that's a story here nor there at this point in time. But basically, what we're doing is normally we have rock stars on the show. Flip the script this time, and we're actually bringing in an expert, someone who has helped me bring on many of the rock stars that have been on this show from Life of Agony with uh, Alan Robert, as far as Michael Bishop from Gore, and many, many other rock bands. So today we're going to take a look at the world of promoting music, promoting rock bands. So who do we have today? Mr. John Freeman of Freeman Promotions. Founded by John Freeman in 2010, Freeman Promotions is a publicity and media services company that specializes in elevating rock stars in every sense of the word. As the long-standing publicist for GWAR, the most audacious band in the known universe, Freeman and his team pride themselves as ardent and fearless collaborators both with their clients and the media. With more than two decades of combined experience in music-focused public relations, the company offers services and acumen that can be tailored to campaigns of all sizes. Superseding anything else, Freeman Promotion wants great artists to be seen and also heard and prioritizes finding the means to get the job done and get it done right. So hey, without further delay... Let's bring in the season seven premiere guest. The first time I've had to blur an object in seven seasons of Shark Bite Biz. Let's bring John right on in here. Small Biz Spotlight. John, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. Nice. Uh oh. What does that mean? <laughs> I didn't tell you about the catch line, did I? No. <laughs> so we have a tradition on this show, okay? Every single person we ask the same exact question. Who are you? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? Basically, in a nutshell, what makes John, John? All right. Well, I'm John, John Freeman. Uh, my company is Freeman Promotions. We've been doing PR for metal bands and rock bands for 13 years now. Uh, started in um, 2010. Um, I started actually... I went from radio. I was doing radio first. I went to uh, college, did radio in college, got a gig uh, working in the radio stations in the local area, which was uh, Boone, North Carolina. I went to Appalachian State University. 
And we can fight over the pronunciation if you want, because everybody that doesn't go there says Appalachian, and everybody that went there says Appalachian, but that's a whole nother thing. I say Appalachian, and I live in Pennsylvania, the Appalachian Mountains. But it's Appalachian State University. Oh, my God. I don't know. It's funny. I, it's always been the thing, and it, it made people go mental over it. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal, guys. But anyway, I, I started there. I did a metal uh, radio show. And uh, from there, I went up to New York to the CMJ uh, Festival, met some folks, ended up, you know, networking, got a job uh, at SPV Records, which had an office in Red Bank, New Jersey, home of Jay and Silent Bob. SPV Records. I mean, give us an idea. What around what year was this? And how big of a label were they? This was uh, about 2008. They're, you know, they're big. Big label in 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 uh, Germany, and they had obviously a U.S. office over here. Uh, at that point, they had White Snake, Alice Cooper, uh, Motorhead. They were doing uh, Moonspell. I had, you know, they had me on some of the smaller things because I was just getting my feet wet. You had me at Alice Cooper. There you go. The record, along along came a spider, was the one that we did. Um, we were there. Uh, let's say we, like I'm more than one person. Coincidentally, uh, Alice Cooper's legendary producer, Jack Douglas, has been on the show, which also, uh, he's Joe Perry Aerosmiths as well, too. And uh, I think you have to go all the way back to uh, my 10th episode ever of the show, I think he was. And, you know, it was great that he, he did it for me back then. But if I had the interviewing skills that I had now back then, that it would be a totally different interview. You can do like an update, have him on again. Yeah, yeah. You know, he did say that he'd come back on again, and I was waiting. It's uh, uh, probably wait till it's two hundred episodes past. So, uh, you know, we're yeah, we're very close. But go ahead, continue. Um. So yeah, I got the uh, the gig at SPV Records. I moved up, I'm originally from New Jersey, but I was down in North Carolina, uh, and then I moved back up to take the job. Worked there for about a year and a half. Then the company in Germany went insolvent, which is uh, the German form of bankruptcy. And uh, then I went and I worked at another PR firm for about nine, nine months. And I learned a lot there, and I felt it was time to do something else. So when... SPV became solvent again. They were looking to have somebody do their press here in the States and Canada. And um, they were like, look, we don't want to open a new office, but you know, we'll pay you what you're getting paid if you want to have your own company and do press for us. And I was like, hmm, okay. So never at that point did I think, well, man, I should start my own company. Like I, that hadn't even crossed my mind. It was it was one of those happenstance type things. It sounds like you essentially were getting hired as an independent contractor, which ended up actually launching a whole business for you. It it did. It did. It really did. Because I started with the one client, but then I remembered, you know, and I had kept in touch with bands that I'd worked with previously. Um, when I worked at SPV and, you know, one band that I worked with at the other place was Guar. And, uh, I developed such a relationship and a friendship with Dave Brocky, the singer and the rest of them, um, that when I started Freeman promotions and I was getting things off the ground, um, Guar came over 
and uh, they were done with the bar. I didn't take them. I didn't poach anybody or steal anybody. They were done. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. It sounds like there's a story there. Are there accusations that you poached them? No, there are not. But I'm just saying in, in general, because people definitely get territorial. But I mean, like, even when I worked, when I worked at another place, Guar was my band. Like, I worked it. It was like, this is, I just, I knew it. So, count, uh, you know, 13 years later, Guar is still on the uh, the roster they're legendary and i want to give you a public shout out because you did get michael bishop from gore on the show uh and that was an incredible interview a lot of gore fans uh you know they liked it they hated the intro music i had but they liked the show so so many gore fans were yelling at me about the intro music at the we don't have that anymore but at that time that I actually had to go on YouTube and cut it out to stop getting complaints. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Guar fans can be tough. They're, they're, they're good. They're, they really care. They buy lots of cool stuff because we have crazy Guar merchandise. Well, that's why my episode, my, my episode with Michael Bishop was actually called G-A-A-S, Guar as a Service, you know, because how much stuff they sell. Oh, man, I can show you. Like, I can walk around and just, like, like, I've got bottle heads. Oh my god! I've got uh, this one. I don't know. The uh, family. Okay, okay. Well, it's a turtle. It's it's a turtle no, no, or a lizard. This is an adult toy. Uh, an adult toy. Well, there we go. First time we have an adult toy on on the podcast. But still, though, it gives to the creativity that they have with their merchandise and people buy it and they do they, that they do i didn't buy that i wasn't buying it, but you know a lot of people did and it's it's been a top seller in their in their merch store but is it really it did it sold really well and i mean i think a lot of people bought it the the collectability of it i don't know necessarily they bought it to, i mean Look, I'm, I'm not living in these people's houses. Maybe they did buy it to use. I have no idea. <laughs> so I've got to, I've got to ask. I mean, with all the stuff. Okay, so we'll continue your journey because your journey is going to take this whole episode. But when somebody like War, I mean, they're different than most bands because they can produce almost anything, and people will buy that stuff. Uh, you know, do you find that to be kind of true? Yeah, I mean, to an extent, uh, I'm sure they've made products. How collectible is that stuff, though? I mean, does it have value or only to the actual Guar fans? It has value to the Guar fans. I mean, there's Guar NFTs and stuff, and I don't know. That gets a little bit beyond me because I, I, I don't know how well the NFT market is right now, but, I mean, that was there were different tiers and whatever with the uh, NFTs, but I mean, it depends. Oh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Monster Chompers, uh, which I own from uh, someone else that you hooked me up with, Alan Robert, one of the nicest people I have ever met. Uh, met him at one of his shows, uh, met him in the podcast, and I bought it, but pre-apocalyptical uh, market, I guess you could say, is... What he was selling it at, it, I think it's the same price. It was like 0.05, uh, or I forget if it's 0.05 or 0.5 um, uh, Iridium. Uh, and that back then was closer to 2,500 bucks, I think. Uh, and now it was like, I think, 50 or 75 bucks. Same price, but the value of crypto has gone down so much. Right. Gotcha. He launched right at the height. 
He, I mean, he, he, it was perfect timing because he got the cash in with those before the market crash. Yeah, I have a couple, I think. But yeah, now it, 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 there's all sorts of different things. And I would say, you know, to each fan, they're collectible. I mean, you've got fans that probably have each size of that, uh, the cuttlefish of Cthulhu toy. Uh, there's four, and there's four two different colors. Um, but no, it, it, it's Guar is definitely an, an interesting animal. And with Guar, it's cool because even on the press end of stuff, we can do different things because it's, like we can have fun. Like even during the beginning of the quarantine, when everything like really went to hell, um, here was Guar on CNN during their quarantine, and uh, like it's just the one guy, Pustulus Maximus, standing out in his backyard under a canoe, doing an interview, talking about how this is his, like how he's being protected from you know COVID and this that and the other thing. Can't do that with every band. But it's it's fun. The stuff that we've pulled off. They've kind of reached that level. Like the only other band I can really, I guess, put them even close to in terms of fan base merchandise and selling and anything possible out there to be sold is probably Kiss. I mean, I think there's very few bands that meet those two, that those levels of extremes. But I would say that Gore goes a lot further. Yeah, well, I did see the other day that Gene Simmons had to sit down during a show, and he wasn't feeling well or whatever. So somebody that put a meme out like Gene Simmons sat on chair seven thousand dollars. You know, like <laughs> they have sold. I've seen it, man. And you know, all the power to them. They sold air guitar strings, which is a bag of nothing. It's a bag of nothing. <laughs> uh, Guar hasn't done that yet, but. How did you end up building? So, I mean, you get your first client. I mean, it sounds like you've had Gwar for 13 years, I think you said. How did you end up getting more? Like, how, how did it turn into the behemoth of customers that you have today? Uh, a lot of it was word of mouth and just like, you know, relationships that I had made uh, through different folks. Like, you know, the guy who managed Gwar managed Clutch. So, for a while, I did Clutch's uh, PR. Uh, and then, you know, one of my original bands was this progressive rock band called RPWL. They're out of Germany and they were on Inside Out, which was on SPV. But then, you know, after I started my company, they went and they did everything independently and they came to me to do the, their PR. And then they would recommend me to that person or like, you know, this magazine, you know, would run a story on whatever band and then somebody else would see it. And a lot of it was just like, people coming to me, people recommending me to other folks. And it just kind of went that way. And then you would get more uh, label retainer clients. So like, just for, for example, right now we started, or we started with SPV, but right now we're, we have Spine Farm, SPV, Napalm, Rise Above, Frontiers, uh, Svart Records, Sound Pollution. And then we'll also take like, um, you know, in like sometimes it'll just be like a band, like and not necessarily everything on the label, like obituary. Uh another it's another one for relapse that we're doing. There's a uh we'd work with Dying Fetus, which is a family friendly band name. Uh that I, I saw them on Friday. They're always always uh brutal to see live. They just crush it. Um but yeah, we've done 
it's we've, we're really all over the place and then we work with people like on different things like with alan robert we worked with him on the coloring books you know i, I worked with life of agony oh my god his coloring books are amazing and we we talked a lot about that on the show like how is it being you know the person that's drawing the the lines compared to actually not doing the full art and i think he's like colorist and words like that as far as describing the technical terms of what these people are but hearing that process was pretty amazing i learned a lot about coloring books and that i was just doing the like and it was different because like you know you're reaching out to you know press or the coloring book press like people that review coloring books online and like it's it's different but i mean it's it's based in music or at least you know this this project was rooted in music but then it's like i find myself doing other things so we're doing coloring books i've done like book books before uh i mean mainly it's it's music but be a bit uh all over the place so for you i mean you work with hard rock metal bands uh, punk rock it sounds like as well too uh type bands i mean what do you view as publicity and PR for the customers? What does your job actually consist of for the day-to-day -day for a band? Uh, for day-to-day, -day, I mean, like, it's sitting here and answering 9,000 emails. That's uh, That number's exaggerated a touch. Um, it's getting these bands covered. Like, you know, let's say you're the band, right? And then you send me, I have a record. I want to go to every magazine magazine that i can that i think would cover this band every online you know website blog whatever the ones that are you know from the small ones to the big ones obviously the bigger ones make the most noise but you know you have to start somewhere and there's plenty of different outlets you know online and now another thing is these reaction channels those are a big big time thing and it's like that when i started 13 years ago I, it really wasn't there but now, I mean, a lot of people are getting, that's where they're getting their stuff. They're getting their new music on the reaction. Reaction channels, just to confirm, you're talking about where somebody, you know, listens to the album and they're given their reaction on the album or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And if they're doing that, if they're listening to a song in full or if they're listening a album in full, the band, they're not going to give like copyright strike or something like that to a youtube creator that's a whole thing um like depending on the label depending on the legalities uh they're able to whitelist i think is the correct term or I, I, maybe it's not whitelist anyway it might be like gray list i don't know um but they're able to do it in such a way where they can release the claims so these people can monetize um and make money obviously but some of them can't and some of them won't but they won't they won't go for a copyright strike i think they'll get like a warning or whatever but even still like and that's why these guys are then careful to make sure that you know whoever they do react to or react about you know will be one that's not gonna do that to them it's 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 a whole weird thing and it's definitely something i never thought i was gonna have to learn about nor did i think i was going to air but i do and it's 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 very interesting and like these are cool they're, they're normal people like you and i i mean i just gotta like and just like you would an editor in a magazine you develop relationships with these folks because you need them for the same thing you need them to be on your side and promote you know whatever you're trying to do it's it's really uh it's interesting how things have changed i mean we went from like when i started there was a bunch of magazines and now 
print is not as massive as it was. There are still magazines. There's still a monthly metal magazine, Decibel. Uh, quarterly is Revolver magazine. There's Outburn and New Noise magazine as well. But a lot of this stuff is online. And a lot of it now, going back to like what I do, is getting these people interviews on podcasts, just like we're doing right now. I mean, it, you know, you, you had Alan Robert and uh, you had Michael Bishop, a.k.a. Blothar the Berserker. Joey Z as well, too. Oh, yeah, Joey Z. Yeah, oh. yeah. But Joey Z was more, I met Joey Z just hanging out at the show. And he was like, you know what? John will give you my info. Get it from John. That's what I'm here for. But Joey Z, I mean, he's he was a humble, humble dude. They all are. And that's the one thing that I've been surprised with, uh, you know, me being... I don't know, just blessed or lucky that the people that I've gotten on this show, no matter how big their name is, you know, in whatever industry that they're in, there's no ego. There's no, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it, it's been easy. Maybe I've just been lucky with the people I've interviewed so far that they haven't been total a-holes. I mean, sometimes you end up, you found the right people. It seems like, I mean, sometimes you get that, but man, like, I don't, I haven't really had to deal with that too much. And when I have, I've just taken care of the situation. Like how do you deal with an ego driven band that thinks that their, their, their crap doesn't stink? You know, that's like, you, you need to be doing more. I mean, do you fire customers ever? I, I have quit one customer in the past. Um, and that customer was pretty name person. Like a, a, a relatively decent sized band, and you know, I won't make you name names, don't worry about that. No, I, well, I'm not going to unless I screw up and slip up and say it. But look, I, I'm at the point right now, like, we can pick and choose what we're going to work. Fortunately, we have that. Like, I've got two full timers as well as myself. Um, but if you're going to treat me like shit, you know, or disrespect me or the people that work for me, whatever, then. We're, we're, we're not meant to work together. And again, it hasn't happened very often. There's one time that that's that I've quit or fired a client, if you will. Um, and, you know, a lot of times it just it'll end up working out like somebody could be upset about something. But then you get on the phone and you talk to them and you explain to them the situation or you explain to them why this is this way, why this is that way. And nine times out of 10, it'll work out. Yeah, I go through that a lot, whether it's with a customer, whether it's with a colleague or whatever, you know, they may see an email and they read it one way, whereas in reality, you meant another way. And then it's like, dude, just let me give you a call. I'll explain in 30 seconds. And then I explain there. Oh, okay. We're good. And I'm like, there. And that's the thing with, with email and text messages too. You you, you can't, you can't sense sarcasm or if somebody's being snarky in a text or an email, you know, it's better to just talk to them on the phone and work that out. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it like I said, it has happened. I, I try not to. And, and if I see somebody's going to be difficult from the, uh, the onset, then I just won't take it on. Like, I'll just, you know, I'll be like, all right, cool. We're going to, Best of luck. We're too busy to deal with you right now, but have fun. How long did it take you? You said that you've been around for 13 years. How long did it mm. take you to get to where you're a self-sufficient, thriving business that you can live maybe not like a you know, millionaire style lifestyle, but a comfortable lifestyle? 
I kind of based it off of, I felt like I was successful when I was able to pay for my own health insurance. Because for a while, you know, when I started, I said, so I'd say it's probably about like a year and a half, two years when we had enough clients that we could, we could do it and I could pay for the health insurance. Wow, that's pretty quick. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer, but, you know, I was working part-time at a Manhattan bagel and uh, I got part-time benefits through them. So I was just using that health insurance. But then when it like I got so tired of waking up at like four in the morning to go in there and then going and working a full day afterwards and stuff, I was like, my goal was to be like, cool, I know I need medical insurance, but, you know, I, I'm tired of going to work for somebody else. I have my own company. I'm doing this. So my goal was to get to the point where I could be self-sufficient and paying for my own medical insurance. So how scared were you when you made that jump? A little bit, you know, I mean, it's. Doing this, I mean, you're an independent contractor. Sure, you have folks or you have people that you know you're going to get every month. You know, you're, you're depending on that money. But, like, then you have stuff that stops, stuff that ends. You could be on a project for three months or, you know, whatever, however long. I don't know. I, I was kind of, a you know, a little scared. But I had the right support system and the right people around me to uh, help out and to talk me out of said tree if I started going crazy. No, I was definitely uh, a little apprehensive. But, again... I knew I was making at least what I was making at the job beforehand. And it was up, it was more at this point. And then, you know, um, I, I had, when I, I kind of felt like we made it or we were getting somewhere when I had to bring in a part-timer and now I've gone from a part-timer to, like I said, two full work, full-time workers. I have a senior publicist, um, David McDonald, who's been working for us for going on four years now. And he's just crushes it. Um, and then my, uh, we brought my wife into the fold. Uh, she loads the press releases and gets all that stuff ready. She does our bookkeeping. She does like a lot of our, uh, administrative stuff and a lot of editing. Cause you know, with me, I'm like rolling through typing stuff up, whatever. And I'm like, I'll miss a word or, you know, something won't be right, but then I have her to proof it and it works out. That's good that you have the happy balance. I mean, so with your wife working with you, that has added to the value of your business. It hasn't, you know, a lot of couples can't work together. Yeah, it totally has. Like we've been able to like bring in more or I'm able to do stuff that I'm better at that I would rather spend time doing. And like she can handle the other stuff that I don't want to do. I was going to say that that's amazing because we get a lot of guests, successful, successful CEOs. And they're like, you know, it, I don't want to be doing the stuff that I hate doing or I'm not good at doing. I'd rather be working on doing things that I'm good at. And that is, you know, the stuff I enjoy. And that's where bringing in people to do those tasks fulfills me because then I can focus on growing the business and doing the things I'm good at. I'm able to be more creative when I'm not sitting around loading this up or loading that or doing an invoice for this person or whatever it is, I, I can be coming up with ideas and stories and things to pitch and, you know, outlets that I should be going to for the different bands and whatnot. But it, it, it gives me more time to be creative. That's awesome. So I got probably like two ish uh, final questions to wrap up, you know, your type of business, obviously someone like me, I grew up dream, like I want to be a rock star. Okay. I'm not going to, make it as a lead guitarist so I can't sing maybe a production or something in music industry. You know, if you were to talk to someone that wants to break into this industry now 
and become, you know, a production company doing PR, publicity for bands or whatever it is, you know, what kind of advice would you have for them entering this market? Oh, that's a good question. Experience. I mean, you, you gotta do internships, paid or unpaid. I think most of them are paid now, but I mean, hell I interned, I was interning at like clear channel radio stations and stuff, get out there, you know, get in, get into the scene, learn these bands, go out, go to shows. If there's street teams, if those still exist online stuff, just get in there and get experience because that's what you need to know. I mean, get a degree. Obviously I'd still say go to college. I mean, people are still going to look for that. My boss didn't look for it because I'm my own boss, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but no, I would say it's, it's very important to have experience and know, know your field, like know if you want to work in music, you know, no, but don't just pigeonhole yourself to one genre. Try to like learn more and be, be aware of everything else that's out there. I mean, sure. We're rock and metal, but you know, if something comes along that I like and I think we can work it and it's jazz or something else, we're able to try to do that. Um, just don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't have one one mentality to where you're just like, nope, this is all I do, uh, because you're never gonna really grow. Now there are some guests that I've had on the show. For example, um, we had Matthew Wingard on the show, and he does stationary, like really artistic stationary that he might bring on ten clients a year, and he charges between fifty and a hundred thousand dollars, you know, for services. And he calls it, quote unquote, holy shit, stationary. OK, um, somebody like that, he pigeonholes himself, but he does that uh, very carefully because he wants to be able to be very selective on who he works for and who he works with. You know, so that that's one of the few scenarios I can really think of a valid excuse uh, to kind of pigeonhole yourself. I, I think, you know, like you're saying, you know, go out there because it may be the direction you want to go, but just another road that actually gets you there. When I was doing radio, you know, I was like on a country radio station. I could give a shit about country music. It's not like my my, my favorite at all, but you learned a lot working at those stations because country music has a huge audience. So there I was at the Toyota place telling people to come out and enter to win a car or whatever the hell we were doing. And it was for a country radio station, but that's how you learn. Yeah, you, you cut your teeth at these different, you know, different places. I mean, we had a, a hip hop station at one of the companies that I worked for. Uh, I learned a lot more about that music. And you can't just be closed minded to it. You can't be like, oh, I hate this. I'm not going to do it. You got to be open and willing to do things and learn stuff and, you know, experience. It's, I keep harping back to that. It's, it's definitely important. So wrap up, I mean, I you've worked with so many bands over the years. Uh, there's got to be one good fandom type rock story you can uh, tell us about one of the bands you worked with. What's your favorite story? Either funniest or just best or craziest. Pull one out of the bag. <laughs> Think of ones I can tell. There's stuff that I like, but there I, I don't know that I would repeat. The one that keeps coming to my mind right now, I, I can't tell you. Are you talking about the fa like about a fan? No, no, no. Like uh, instance with a with a band itself. Okay, with me. Okay. Um. Well, there was a band. Uh. No. Nope. That that one will get me in trouble. And that one. Will get me in trouble. Um. 
Shit, I wish I would have thought about this before. Yeah, I put you on the spot, man. It's all my fault. There's always a funny moment, like with uh, with with Guar. I mean, there's always something going on. Like we had him on uh, Dan Patrick's radio show before. We were up there in full costume. Um, that or or here's one. We were at Pitchfork, which is in the Condé Nast building, and there they are. They're dressed up. So I mean, you got Vogue magazine and all that other stuff in there. And this is Gore you're talking about, right? This is Gore. Yeah, we walked into the cafeteria or like where everybody's eating, and they are in full costume. I mean, battle armor. Excuse me. Uh, and it, they just walk up to the buffet and just start eating food, and people in there are. Because uh, they're like, what is happening here? I mean, they head to toe. They're in full, full, full gear. And uh, there was that, which was uh, amusing. There's always the times when these the bands tell you to find certain things for them, which, again, I don't want to go too, uh, too deep into. But, uh, you know, when they want like a certain kind of water or a certain whatever, you know, uh, there's that. I've, I think I drove around like, 10 different liquor stores trying to find some kind of hard cider for a band one time. And that's not in description. That's, that's, you know, that's, there's a runner at a venue or whatever it should be doing that, but that should be on the, the writer. Isn't that what they call the contract stuff like that? Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to have to think about this and get back to you with other ones, because again, like there's hey, hey, anytime, anytime you're welcome back. There are two that I will tell you when you turn the record off that you'll like, but I will have I'll listen to anything. I'll listen to anything. Hey, John, this has been amazing, man. I think you gave us a lot of insight. Just, you know, your career, it's inspirational. I think people can learn from it. Uh, you know, you've gave solid advice as far as breaking into the industry. And you've really kind of reiterated what a lot of other people have said throughout this time, you know, throughout their experiences on this show as well, too. So, hey, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your time, hooking me up with all these rock stars all the time. And please, how can people reach out to Freeman Productions, uh, you know, What's the best way to get a hold of you? It's Freeman Promotions, but close. Promotions, sorry. I... Uh, <laughs> our website is uh, freemanpromotions.com. We're updating it now. Uh, we're also on um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we've been really hitting the Instagram more. It's Freeman Promos with an S on the end of it. My personal Instagram is Freeman Promo with no S. So you can get me, I guess, on uh, either one. No, that's great. Uh, that's great. But yeah. Yeah, and we'll have the link down below in the description. Hey, John, thank you cool. so much for coming on, man. So grateful you survived being shark bait. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks. Cheers. That was an incredible chat with John, wasn't it? I mean, seriously, I had to blur out for the first time ever something on this episode that just spontaneously happened when he was talking about the stuff that he did with Gore. And I, 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 I don't know, maybe I'm immature, but I giggle about it because I thought it was funny. But it shows his value and his creativity. First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please do us a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to help us out, 
please share us out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, anywhere you can, wherever you dwell on the interwebs. I don't care. I would love to see nothing more than John Freeman and Friedman Promotions and Sharkbite Biz out there trending. Now let's get back to the real rock star of this show, Mr. John. Freeman, we are in an ever competitive landscape. And yes, I know I say this almost, it seems, every episode to every other episode. But it's so true with so many industries and none more that involves engaging with the attention spans of people. I mean, if you think about it, bands like War, they are competing with the likes of even big tech like Facebook for attention spans to get people off their phones and into the arena. The day of rock gods, you know, of days past, living legends, stuff like that. Uh, you know, that might be gone, but these rock gods still live. And luckily, there are people out there like John Freeman and Freeman Promotions making sure that these bands these living legends, these rock gods are still being heard today. Awesome stuff, John. From the bottom of my heart, you know I'm a diehard music fan. That's why I'm wearing my GNR uh, sweaty today in the middle of summer. But anyways, thank you so much for helping so many musicians not to be lost to changing times, but finding creative ways to get them in front of today's hyper-competitive market. You rock, my friend. And, you know, truth be told, you are the real rock star behind the curtains. Question of the day. How do you think music has evolved over the past 30 years? Leave a comment if you're watching on YouTube or on Spotify. It will be the question for the episode. Do you want to be in the show? If so, we're booking now the fine end of season seven, as well as season eight for next year. Interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. Please, if you're watching on YouTube or checking us out on Spotify, Subscribe to the channel. $3 a month, you become a baby shark. And also, please check out our amazing sponsor, Sador. If you're on QuickBooks, you need to automate those business processes. You need that next step up. Reach out to me. Reach out, Sador.com. We will help your business out with an SAP solution of your needs. So anyways, hey, you all know this by now, but for the seventh season... 200 plus episodes. I'll say it again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. You just experienced Shark Bite Biz with David Strasser. Please like, comment, and subscribe to the show to help us spread the word about personal, professional, and business growth. Want to be on the show? Send an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. A special shout out to our sponsor, SAP Platinum Partner, Sador. Get off QuickBooks and move your business to the next level. Reach out for more info. Thanks for listening and see you next time.